my name is Catherine Pankert. I am director of St. Paul Public Library, and it is my great honor to be here with you today and to introduce our program. We are here today to commemorate Black history and Black culture as part of a Black History, uh, Black history Month celebration at the library and in St. Paul. I want to begin by recognizing a few of our partners and the people who made today possible. First, this program was devised and produced by OMG Media, a St. Paul-based media yeah, let's clap. Thank you. <laughs> a St. Paul-based media entertainment and business strategy consulting firm. And I want to note that uh, we partnered with OMG Media on a number of programs, and the last one I believe we did in person was two years ago in this building, right before the pandemic shut things down, and it was maybe the most magical experience I've had in this library. And so to be back in person here today feels very meaningful, very grateful to be back in person with our partners. <laughs> thank you. I also want to thank and acknowledge Public Arts St. Paul, a nonprofit organization that works in partnership with the city of St. Paul to imagine and create a more just, sustainable, and beautiful city. And I want to introduce and thank our two uh, art instructors for today, Ms. Zeely and Mr. Parker, who are art. They are art educators with the Young Rembrandts, an enrichment program that focuses on building creative skills in young artists across Minnesota. And we also today are going to get to hear um, storytelling by legendary Twin Cities-based vocalist and actor Thomasina Petras. name Alexander Nicole, library staff member who helped coordinate and plan today's events. Thank you, Alexandra. And this program is made possible by the support of Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Funds. We really appreciate the state of Minnesota's investment in arts and cultural programming in communities across our state. So thank you so much again for being here, whether you're in person or online. We're so glad to see you and to spend today with you. Thank you, thank you so much. Well, ah, wow, look at all these wonderful, wonderful faces. And everybody out on Zoom too, thank you, Catherine. Okay, so my name is Thomasina Petrus, and I'm welcoming you to commemorate Black History and Cultural Interactive Drawing Class for you, who are here in the Children's Library inside the George Latimer Central Library in beautiful St. Paul, Minnesota, and for you at home at Zoom, on Zoom. So, before I introduce you to the Young Rembrandt's teachers, Ms. Zeely and Mr. Parker, I would like to thank St. Paul Public Library, Minnesota Humanities Center, Ujama Place, and Public Art St. Paul for making this event possible, along with our community partners, City of St. Paul, Minnesota Arts Council, Young Rembrandt, and OMG Media, of course. Now, about Young Rembrandt's. At Young Rembrandt's team, children learn to draw the fundamental skill of all visual arts using a sequ sequential ordered process. Can you tell I'm a little nervous? A little nervous. <laughs> As a result, students show dramatic improvement in their drawing abilities. So I need to do this too. Expand their art vocabulary and art history knowledge. Demonstrate patience, discipline, and focus and improve their attention to detail and sequencing skills. So, Ms. Seeley and Mr. Parker, who will guide you through the unique Young Rembrandt's method of drawing, and I will be reading stories about black history leaders while you're drawing. So, are we ready to begin? So before we begin, I wanted to do like a little, um, a little kind of icebreaker, right? So aside from learning how to draw, which I, I'm not very good at, but I love drawing, I was thinking, what is there that I would like to learn still that I don't know yet? And I'm posing that question to all of you too, and the teachers, because I think there's a silly part of me that wants to do something fun that I've never tried before because I'm kind of nervous. And I think one of the things I would like to learn how to do is to make furniture. <laughs> I have no idea how. I know it involves math, which I love, and I know it involves drawing first. And so um, 
I think some of this class is going to help me with that. But that's one of my dreams is to learn how to make furniture. So I'll turn it over to Mr. Parker. Uh, well, I have to say I've been drawing since I was your age, a little bit younger. Um, I love animation. I like Walt Disney. I like Pixar. Um, I like comic books. I have several comic books with different types of superheroes. I have about 250 comic books. Um, wow. I love the movies of Black Panther. I have Black Panther comic books. I just like to draw. It's, it's a fun thing to do. It allows me to be creative. And I think that's real important. And I'm a kid at heart. I'm very silly. And I'm not ashamed of it. Um, I've always been into digital art. I used to make book covers when I was younger. And I recently got back into digital art again, illustrating. But something I would love to learn how to do is paint. I'm really bad at painting, especially mixing the colors. So that's what I would love to learn how to do. Okay. Do any of you want to share something that you'd like to learn that you haven't learned yet? Okay, I'm going to say one more. You know what else I want to learn how to do? I want to do that dot art on rocks. Have you seen that? They do the little tiny dots all over the rocks. They make like the mandolin designs and stuff. It's beautiful. And it looks so easy. It's just a bunch of dots. But I know it's more more specific than that. But it's, it's I think beautiful. that, yeah, I think it's pointillism. Yes, pointillism. It reminds me of that artist that used to make pictures with dots. Was that Rembrandt? Yes. And, and I, 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 like, I like pointillism. Pointillism, yeah. yeah. Look at that. See? A little art reference. Okay, well, I'm going to turn it over um, to the teachers. And um, yes, let them start the class. Is that right? Yes. Okay, well, yes. Please. Well, While you're doing that, I'm going to play some music. First thing that we do is. Basically, with young Rembrandts, what we do is we start off with basic shapes. Everything starts from a basic shape, whether it's a building, a car, a couch, a human figure. All starts off with a basic shape. This is my piece of paper right here. Now, if you want to laugh at my mind because it's not as straight as the lines on your paper going ahead, but this is my paper. want to do is, as you see on the example here, you want to find the center part of your paper. So I mean the center part of it is the very middle, as well as you can, kind of eye it. And you want to do a line, the first line should go down like this. Okay. And then from this point, you want to add I might be a little bit off because my paper thing. You want to add another line like this. You want to go kind of like halfway between this spot and then halfway on the bottom. Now my paper is a little long, so I'm going to shorten this just a little bit. Just a little. I do have a dry erase marker, but I like using my fingers. Okay, next thing you want to do is you want to center where the eyes are. Okay, so the eyes. Oh, wait, wait, one more thing. Sorry. Let's not forget the center line that comes down here because you have to be able to center the face. Do it real light, not hard. I'm doing it hard because I want you to be able to see. I do it light because you're going to be erasing these extra lines, okay? All right. Next thing you want to do is, 
notice the space. So you want to make, I'd say maybe, maybe about an inch of space. Because you want one eye here. One eye here. And what I tell people when I'm teaching is you're not trying to do it like the instructor, okay? We're all individuals. I want you to do you. You're not expected to draw like me. This is your picture, not mine, okay? I usually wait for people's hands to make sure everybody is the same spot. Make sure that the eye is, is pretty big because you have to fit a face. So make sure your eyes. And if you have any problems or if you're having a problem, just raise your hand. And I'll come over and help you. Okay. Next thing. You want to do the eyelid. Now I know I'm moving back and forth, but I want to make sure everybody can see what I'm doing. That's the next thing. Make sure you're doing it light. Don't do it too hard. As long as you can see it, because you're going to be outlining this and sharpening, so you won't need to do it too heavy. Okay. Next thing we want to do is we're going to go on ahead and create the shape of the face. We want to start with the chin. So basically, I'm going down like this. you're doing the chin, you know that fourth line that you have down here? You want the chin just a little bit underneath the fourth line. So, so you see where that line is? Right? Okay. Right there. Don't do the top yet. Okay, that's good. Okay. Now raise the hands if you're to that point already. I know too fast, but I do want to go fast enough so you have time to actually outline it and color it. Okay. Next thing we do, we got the shape of the face. Now we're going to work on the nose. See how the center line goes down? Well, that's your guideline. That's your guideline for the nose. Well, actually, let's do the glasses first. So, with the glasses, you would go like this. Same thing on the other side. Yeah. Now we have the glasses. Oh, good. I see more artists. Yes. <laughs> Young artists have to take over when I get too old and retire. I get get tired of drawing. Y'all have to take over. <laughs> yeah, give, give me yeah a couple of years. Funny, <laughs> okay. Next, we need to have the rest of the head. So we're gonna go like this because we're now now we're creating the hair. So we're going just like this. Okay, and coming down like this. Make sure it stays light. Light and easy, okay? Nice and relaxed. Remember, this is your creation. Okay. Good, good. Everybody's keeping up? All right, good. I'm going to brag to my other students when they don't ask that. I'm going to say, you know what? I taught a group of kids. And they showed y'all up. They were, they were on. Okay, next thing we want to do is add the hair. So, you want to come up like this from this line, and you want to come over just like this. 
going to go over to the other side. I'm doing it slightly different because I'm trying to keep you engaged. your best ability. Remember, the nose does not have to look like mine. Looks good. Looks good. Looks good. Take the coat off and put it on the back of the chair. Take the coat off and put it on the Now remember, stay light. I'll give you a little time. I realize that <laughs> I'm used to teaching 28 kids. I need to slow down. Just a I got an idea. Once you've gotten to that part, raise your hand so I know. I know who's ready and who's still working on you, okay? Four hands went up, but I'm still waiting on the rest of you.
Okay, so while everybody is um, working on their art piece, again, my name is Thomasina Petrus, and I'm so glad to see everybody. What a great turnout. While you're learning how to do this method, I'm going to put on some music. That's my art. I love music, and I think music, just like drawing art, is in everything. And it helps me get work done. It helps me think and create if I have music on. So is it OK if I play some music from this time of Rosa Parks? I'm going to play you one of the first boy bands to be recorded. Ready to hear? <laughs> Does anybody out here have some favorite boy band names that they like? Anybody? <laughs> we used to have New Edition in our, in our day. New Edition, oh, yeah. and the Commodores, yeah. <laughs> and the Temptations, and now there's Boys to Men. But what's one of the new boy bands out now? I'm too old to know that. So. <laughs> BTC? BTS? That's one, that's right, that's right. So I'm going to play you one. This is a, a boy band from a little bit long ago, and see what you think about this boy band. to help inspire you to draw. Now, for those of you who don't know, these are albums. <laughs> and before, these albums were these albums. These are called 78s, and this was like one of the first albums. So I'm going to play my 78. Vintage. Vintage. Yes, that's vintage. And this is the Fisk University Male Quartet.
As you continue to draw, I'm going to play another selection. This one is by the great Louis Armstrong, who was Billie Holiday. This is my person that I love the most. Billie Holiday's favorite persons, Louis Armstrong and Bessie Smith. That's who she wanted to be a star like. So this is Louis Armstrong. He was a trumpet player. And the song is titled, Muggles. The song is called Muggles, M-U-G-G-L-E-S. You know, I was thinking about the eyebrows when you said prep, uh, draw the eyebrows. And I realized one of the most popular art forms out right now is what? Doing makeup. Drawing eyebrows and putting on makeup, that's a big, big industry, is the art of makeup and drawing on faces. And you know, it's not a new thing because even back in the early 1900s, folks like Billie Holiday, was no, they were known for their makeup. So Billie Holiday used to have these really dark black eyebrows that she drew. And she got her style from another movie star that she liked named um, a Dove, Rita Dove. And so she was copying her look. And I know a lot of people now, when they put on makeup, they're trying to copy a look or play with makeup. They try to copy a look that's already out there. So that's art, too. Hmm, 
I guess we're going to have to stop being mean to black folks and let them ride the bus because we kind of need that money or the buses are going to shut down. So that's what the bus boycott was, is that they had to make a mark and say, you know what, they're not just going to be nice to us on their own. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to come together and do something as a community, and that's what they did. So I'm going to read some really cool facts about Rosa Parks in your drawing today. Uh, and if you have any questions, just raise your hand, and I'll try to try to answer them as best I can. Or if you want to add something that maybe we all could know that I'm not saying, you can do that too. Raise your hand, okay? So, December 1st, 1955, Rosa Parks solidified her place in history by refusing to give up her seat on a bus. Um, a white passenger wanted to sit down, and she wasn't in a part that was considered the white part of the bus, because the buses were divided. Black people had to sit in the back, and white people could really sit in the front, and they could also sit anywhere. So if they wanted your seat, you had to get up and let them have your seat. And um, Rosa Parks, refused to get up out of her seat. And at the time, it was an arrestable offense. It was actually against the law. So that quiet act of defiance helped kickstart the civil rights movement and made Parks a household name. But that's not the only thing she should be remembered for. So here are some fun facts worth knowing about Rosa Parks, who was born in Tuskegee, Alabama in 1913. Now. How many math people we got in here? How, how many years ago was that? 1913. And it's 2020 now. Two? 2022. Thank you. 2022. I think my I think my dates froze as of March 2020. <laughs> right? So Yes. How many years that? 1913 to 2022. So as you think about that, so Rosa Parks finished high school at a time when that was rare. Do you know that only 7% of African Americans at the time could earn a high school diploma? So when she was 19, um, she was married really young, but her husband urged her to go back to high school. She had to drop out at 16 to care for her grandmother. So she went back and got her high school diploma. Now, she was very active in politics. She fought for equal rights for black Americans. Um, 1943, she joined the Montgomery, Alabama chapter of the NAACP. Does anybody know what that stands for? The NAA or NAACP, it stands for the National Association for the advancement of colored people. So it was a, an organization that was trying to help black people fight for their rights, for equal rights, to be treated equal. Not better, just equal. So part of her duties included traveling across the state and interviewing victims of discrimination, unfairness, and witnesses to lynchings. And after moving from Alabama to Detroit, she worked as an assistant to the U.S. Representative John Conyers, where she helped find housing for homeless people. I think that's wonderful because I know that right now we are having a lot of problems with homeless, finding homes for everybody here, and it's cold. So I think that's really wonderful that Rosa Parks had such a good heart that she also was helping the homeless. Now, the bus driver who arrested her she had actually been bullied by him before, and she remembered that. And it wasn't like a week before, it was like 10 years before that. She had been bullied by this bus driver, and she remembered it, and she would always try to avoid getting on his bus. But this, this day, she forgot, and she got on his bus. And I don't know, maybe he remembered her too, or maybe he was always kind of mean. But he's the one who asked her to get up out of her seat. So. I think you probably kind of remember Anyway, um, she, she tried to avoid it for more than 10 years until the day she boarded his bus without paying attention. Now what used to happen is you'd get on the bus, right? So Rosa Parks and all black passengers used to have to get on the bus and pay their money and then get back off the bus and go to the back door and get on. How silly is that? Racism is just so silly. Um, but that's what they have to do, and she didn't do that. 
And so I think that ticked him off right away. So she helped spark the civil rights movement. Parks never planned to start the movement, but that's what happened after she got arrested. The NAACP said, you know what? Maybe we should use this example to start the civil rights movement. Because other horrible things have been happening to black people all the time. And they were just kind of tired of it. They're like, we have got to do something. And because Rosa Parks had decided to not get up that day and they arrested her, they could use that and take her to court. So the civil rights groups used her quiet protest as an opportunity to shine a national spotlight on the unconstitutional, unconstitutional segregation laws in the Deep South. The Montgomery bus boycott kicked off just days after her arrest, and less than a year later, the Supreme Court deemed the city's segregated buses illegal. So for a whole year, mothers, fathers, children, teenagers, they walked. Where you'd get on a bus and drive for maybe a couple miles, they walked. If it was raining, they walked. It wasn't just a couple days, it was a whole year. And can you imagine if you know somebody in your life that's a hard worker, they get up in the morning and they get you ready for school, and then they go off to work, and they say, have a great day, and you say, have a great day too, and they come back and you can see that their day has been long. Can you imagine them having to walk to work first and then do a long day of work? That's what people did because they wanted change. They wanted better treatment for black people, and they were willing to do it. They were willing to do it, and they walked, and everybody did it together, and it took a year but it changed, and now everybody can ride the bus equally. So, Parks wasn't the first black woman. This is what's so amazing to me. This is why I have such faith and hope in all of our young people. She wasn't the first black woman who refused to give up her seat. Did you know that? Rosa Parks was 42 years old. The young woman who gave up her seat first and got arrested just a little less than a year before that, was a woman in Montgomery named Claudette Colvin. Claudette Colvin, she was 15 years old, and she was sitting with her books in her lap, and they told her, you gotta get up out of your seat, and she said no. And she was so angry, she wasn't disrespectful or anything like that, but she was so angry because a friend of hers had been arrested for a crime he didn't commit. And um, they treated him so awful, she was so mad about that. And he was a classmate of hers named uh, Jeremiah Reeves. And you can look him up later if you want to. But the same thing happened with Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks was very upset. Um, and in her mind, so many things have been happening to black people for so long. She was like, why do you treat us so bad? We're good people. We work hard. We're smart. All we want is equality. And she was angry because of a young man who had been hurt just a little bit before her decision, and his name was Emmett Till. And so a lot of what we are pushing for in fighting for equal rights is the protection and the respect of our young black boys, our young black men. And so um, little Claudette Colvin, 15 years old, was really one of the first ones to be arrested and taken to court. So Parks was arrested the second time, too. So Rosa Parks was like, you know, she was kind of like the boss lady here. She got arrested a second time when she was doing the bus boycott. They arrested a whole bunch of people too. So, um, maybe I should read that. This time she was arrested with 100 of her fellow protesters for breaking segregation laws during the Montgomery boy bus boycott. So when they were boycotting, I guess they were mixing with white protesters too, who had joined in in solidarity to help fight against this injustice. So, that famous photograph that you see of Miss Rosa Parks being fingerprinted by the police, that came from the second arrest, when she was arrested with all the other people that were joined together in unity um, to do the marches. Now, Miss Rosa Parks, as she got older, she lived to be 92 years old, right? And she lived in Detroit, and uh, unfortunately, she had, was the victim of a robbery. Somebody had broken into her apartment. So, Mike Illich decided to move her into a nicer apartment 
and he paid her rent and took care of her bills and everything for the rest of her life. Do you know who Mike Illich is? He is the president and owner of Caesar's Pizza. Isn't that cool? Yes, he's the founder of Little Caesar's Pizza. And he heard about what had happened to this famous and wonderful and important woman, and he decided with all of his money, he's gonna do something good. Um, and I'm sure he did lots of other good things too. But he took care of Rosa Parks' uh, living accommodations uh, until the end of her days, which I just think is so wonderful. So, Parks was the first woman laid at the state of the U.S. Capitol. So they honored her life and all her contributions in the place where they honor presidents. After the presidents have served out their term and have passed on, then everybody from all over the world can come and pay respects. They call it lying in state. And that's what they did for Rosa Parks. And she's only one of four citizens in the whole world that's ever been able to lie in state like that. So she was a pretty amazing person. I wanted to go back and just say that the young woman, the little teenager, the little girl, that these elders, people like myself, look up to, my heroes, my sheroes, don't have to be older than me. In fact, I'm sure that there's one or two of them in this room right now that I'll get to look up and say something, hey, I remember her, or I remember him from that art class. That's him on TV, inventing the new rocket ship that's gonna take everybody to Mars. Do we have any astronauts in this room, maybe? Are you people interested in space? I know, me too. Sometimes I watch the NASA channel. Does anybody ever watch that? Oh, you know, this room's jam. You know why I watch it? Because I love seeing pictures of all those planets and all that, those warbly, beautiful colors. I just love that. I don't know what I'm looking at most of the time, and I don't know what they're saying or talking about, but I know that just looking at it, some of it's going in. And do you guys know about the new, um, is it a new satellite or a new thing that's going way, way far out into space? They're going to send back pictures that are further than anything we've ever seen of galaxies and planets we've never seen before. So I'm waiting to see about that, too. So the world is just a wonderful, beautiful place. And as far as art's concerned, oh, you have a question? Okay. 103 years ago. So from, so if we say 1913, right? and add 100, that's 2013, and then add three. 108? That sound about right, 108? 108 or 110, or maybe 109? Okay. <laughs> that, that was a good, yes, yes, very good. Very, very good. Yes, you had a question over there. Or comment? No? You, you just wanted to show me you, that you had a hand? <laughs> well, this is awesome. How are you guys doing? Doing good. I wish I would have gotten a piece of paper and tried to draw it out too. I want to share with you a poem, okay? Yes. Oh, would you like me to sing a Billy Holiday song? Yes. Oh my goodness, I would love to sing a Billy Holiday song. So, I'm going to read a poem, this very short poem, and this is by Jeremiah Reeves. This is the young man that the first young lady, the 15-year-old, Colette Colvin, she was upset because they had treated her friend so badly and he had been arrested for something he really didn't do. He was a jazz drummer. So he was this high school kid who was kind of cool, played drums, and um, you know, dressed real cool and sharp, and he also wrote poetry. And he wrote this poem. A dream, I, a dream world of my own. From a lonely cell. No, I don't want to read that one. I want to read this one. I can read that one too, but The Larger Life. That's the one I want to read it is. He wrote several and they published them in the newspaper. The best in life is often missed, though very strange it be. We lose so much of Earth's good things because we fail to see. Our Father's table is replete with all one soul we need. Yet hungry hearts exist on husks because we do not eat. 
few people ever comprehend on half life's pleasures sweet. They taste a few, and all the rest are trampled beneath their feet. O oh soul, accept your heritage. Enjoy God's blessings true, and live the larger life in him as he would have you do. That was for a teenager. Okay, well I'm excited because my art form, the thing I love the most in the world is singing. And the person I love most to sing like is Billie Holiday. So I'm going to sing a little bit in Billie Holiday's voice, if you don't mind. And then I'll sing a little bit in my voice. And then I'm going to actually play you Billie Holiday so you can see what she really sounded like, okay? But you guys keep drawing and keep working on your, on your pictures. This is the first jazz song I ever, ever learned, okay? And it's called God Bless the Child. <clears throat> then that's God shall have, then that's not shall lose. So the Bible says, and it still is news, cause your mommy had, and papa may have. But God bless the child that's got his own, that's got her own. Where the storm get more, while the weak ones fade. If their pockets don't ever make the grid, your mama may have, and your papa may have. But God bless the child. That's got his
know she could fix clothes and make clothes. And all the cheeks, all the cheeks are pink, so it makes it look like their faces are warm. So maybe that's what that critic meant. But to me, they almost look like photos, right? So you as an art teacher, would you say that this probably was drawn from a photo? Yeah, I think so. I'm always fascinated by that. Have you ever seen art where somebody takes a, a photograph and then they draw right over the, the top of the photograph? And Pokemon? Oh, you know what? Maybe I should have my mask on. Pokemon is your favorite cartoon cartoon? Do you draw it a lot? My son, my son loves He used to draw it all. And now there's a couple of other ones. I don't know who they are, but he still loves drawing. Even though he's a big grown And Pikachu. I remember Pikachu. You know what other kind of art is really cool and it seems to be really popular now? It's shoe art. Have you guys ever seen people draw on shoes? So my son, who's in college now, one of his hobbies is to draw um, art on shoes. And so he took a pair of what's Air Force Ones and drew the outline of Minneapolis's skyline, city skyline in purple and blue and black and then put like stars all around it. It was really cool. So if you want, I can pull it up on my phone and show you later what that looks like. But art is everywhere. How long do you want to time? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. See, I get so excited and start running around. I want to draw attention to our commemorative Black History and Culture coloring book. And all of you will get one of these today. On the cover is our wonderful and amazing local civil rights hero, activist, mother of our movement, um, jo um, Josie Johnson, right there. And then, who babies are? But Josie Johnson, and I've met her many times. I've had the opportunity to sing next to her as she talks about all of the work that our community still has to do. Um, because even Minnesota, as wonderful as Minnesota is, we still face challenges in being fair and equal. Um, and we're excited because we have so many wonderful young minds that are open. And just like your art, we all will have different ways of approaching doing the right thing, being fair, equality, civil rights, all of that, right? And so I wanted to just show you some of the wonderful photos in here that, uh, not photos, but drawings in here that kids can color. And uh, I can give you a little synopsis of some of the characters that are in this book. So we have Faith Ringgold. This is the first one. She was an artist and a writer, best known for her narrative quilts. Ringgold is a pioneering artist and activist whose work sits at the intersection of art, feminism, and the civil rights movement. Have, have any of you seen like really amazing quilts? I've seen quilts with lots of like triangle and diagonal designs, and then I've also seen quilts that look like actual faces and people. And there's an art exhibit that was traveling the country not too long ago of a young black woman artist who did quilts of portraits of people. And they look so real. It was amazing. I don't know her name now, but maybe somebody can, um, somebody can remember that. So that one is Pink Ringgold. Look how regal that looks. Just a beautiful, beautiful regal picture of her. Alrighty, the next one is Martin Luther King Jr. I'm sure all of us have heard a little bit of something about Martin Luther King Jr., right? During less than 13 years of Dr. King Jr.'s leadership of the modern American civil rights movement, from December 1955 to April 1968, and December 1955, that's when Rosa Parks was arrested, so that's when um, those two um, united in the front for civil rights. So African Americans achieved more genuine progress toward racial equality in America than the previous 350 years had produced. Dr. King is widely regarded as America's preeminent advocate for nonviolence 
and one of the greatest nonviolent leaders in the world history. And I want to remind people that when we talk about nonviolence, Martin Luther King Jr. preached nonviolence, but the people who stood against equality were not nonviolent. They were very violent. And so I always want to put into perspective to be nonviolent in the face of violence as even more brave. Um, and elevates what they were doing even higher. Because if somebody is screaming in your face and being mean, the first thing you want to do is scream back. Do you know how much strength it takes to not do that? And to decide, I am not going to let that person's bad behavior determine my bad behavior. I always used to tell my sons, it doesn't matter what another person is doing, don't ever change your own personal character and good quality for anybody. Because true people will see your truth and they won't be chained, and, and you just don't allow other people to control your acts of goodness, right? So next one is Rosetta Tharp, who I think is amazing, because Rosetta Tharp to me is like one of the first true rock and rollers. Rosetta Tharp was an American singer and guitarist, and she obtained popularity in the 30s and 40s with her gospel recordings. And if you look up Rosetta Tharp, you can catch her like really tearing into her guitar. She was amazing. And she was an amazing singer. There's going to be a play in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, um, about Rosetta Tharp. So I think it's called Rosetta and Marie. And it's a wonderful musical. So if you want to go and see that play, uh, keep an eye out for it and then go see it. And you'll see uh, her story uh, play out on stage. So. Um, Let's see, her gospel recordings were a unique mixture of spiritual lyrics and electric guitar and was extremely important to the origins of rock and roll. It wasn't extremely important to their origins. It was the origins of rock and roll. So I always like to correct things when they should be corrected. She was the one of the first inventors of like true hardcore rock and roll. She is considered to be the godmother of rock and roll. Tharp, but she was a musical prodigy. She'd been doing music since she was tiny, tiny. She was a gospel sensation who, last, who left a lasting impression on the musical world. And then there's Wilma Rudolph, who was the American sprinter. Now, um, she became the world record-holding Olympic champion and international sports icon in track and field following her successes in 1956 and in the 1960 Olympic Games. So in the 50s, there was a lot of stuff going on. There was a lot of stuff going on in the 50s. And I think like today, there's a lot of stuff going on. And it must have felt like that back then. And people were moved to act. And a lot of that was, a lot of that was uh, stimulated and because we love our children. That's what it comes down to. We love you, we want you to have good lives. That's what we're fighting for. That's what people are on the lines for. That's why you know a lot of stuff that's been happening in Minnesota is really about the future of all of our children, all of our children. And we, um, um, I'm just so proud to be here and be a part of this arts history. Uh, I encourage you to delve more in each name on here. You can go look YouTube, find stuff on all of these wonderful people. Josie Johnson included, who I think you should also uh, definitely look up because she's right here in the Twin Cities. You'll probably run into her at something. Um, when you're out uh, doing good work. So, okay, I'm going to make some closing remarks. And uh, how's everybody doing with their art? We're done. We're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. Okay. So, um, I want to remind you uh, don't forget to visit our friends, Ms. Ruby and Ms. Mayuma from Public Art St. Paul, to have your art displayed in their window. They have a window gallery from February 22nd to March 6th, 2022. So again, don't forget to visit our friends, Ms. Ruby and Ms. Mayumi from Public Art St. Paul. So check out Public Art St. Paul and they will display your art in their window gallery. Okay, so thank you again to St. Paul Public Library for allowing us to come together and to commemorate black history and culture. Thank you to all of our partners the Minnesota Humanities Center, the John Place, and Public Art St. Paul, thank you, thank you. City of St. Paul, Minnesota Arts Council, Young Rembrandts, OMG Media, for producing the art, music, and literature exhibition 2022. Thank you, thank you for commemorating black history and culture 
and sharing it with us on Zoom. Uh, thank you to Young Rembrandt's arts teachers. Where are they so we can get a, a beautiful Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend.